everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm sitting here with comedian, actress, repeat guest, person who was kind enough to blurb my book, Sarah Colonna. Hello and welcome back. Thanks. Hey, girl. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for blurbing and supporting and just being awesome in general. I'm, I'm so happy for you. And it's super funny. So if people haven't read it, then they should. Thank you. Yes. So uh, when you, let's see, the first time I had you on, um, you had just started dating your now husband. Yes. Right? And yes. then the second time I had you on, you guys were engaged. Uh, and it's John Ryan of the Seahawks. Yes. And so now, so you've gotten married yes. in the time since, right? Yeah, we got married in July 2016. So we're almost two years. How's married life? You it's were saying good. that you never, ever fight. No, we really don't. I think it's because we don't live together all the time. <laughs> um, no, but we, because like half the year we're, we are apart quite a bit mm-hmm. um, due to his work. Like we went when we met, he was already in Seattle and I was already here. So uh, here being LA, but, um, but we live together in the off season and then we just travel a lot to see each other when right. we can. But yeah, we don't fight. I mean, one time it's almost, I don't know. It's one of those things where one time I, like he's get, we get irritated with each other, obviously as you do. Um, and then the one time I've seen him like kind of get, irritated about something else and then maybe start to turn it to being irritated with me because mm-hmm. I've seen him mad but not at me right but um the one time I saw him sort of like he was gonna just turn it into something I did I started I like I, it's the worst thing you can do but I started laughing <laughs> because I just I was like this is so weird I've never seen you mad at me so I just kind of started la- and then he started laughing and then it was like he was like no I know it's not you so I'm like okay that's so, good. Yeah, but I don't know that laughing when someone's mad is always the best solution. I'm not going to recommend. Right. <laughs> it worked for that situation. But, uh, you know, usually that just, I feel like I used to do that to my parents when I was little and, mm-hmm. and, and ended up not good. It didn't go you know? well. Were no. your parents angry? Um, no, not really. But I more just like, yeah, if they try to scold you and you laugh at them because you think that's a good way to handle it, <laughs> you end up like in your room with the door closed. Right. Yeah. Right. And... Also, you have created a line of regulation handbags. Yes. And you're uh, co-starring in a new Netflix show. Yes. Fill us in. Okay. Um, well, yeah, the handbag thing, it seems so weird because I'm like, am I a handbag lady now? <laughs> like, am I pushing products? Which is hard to do. Like, as you know, I mean, even having a book, it's like, obviously, it's part of your career. So that doesn't feel as weird, but you still feel like, uh, on Twitter, you know, or anything when you're pushing. Right. You want people to buy and you want them to know about it, but you don't want them to be like, I didn't follow you for sales pitches or whatever. <laughs> you know how people can be. But I think when it's obviously related, you know, to what you do, they understand more. So when it's just a purse, <laughs> it feels kind of weird. But um, by the way, interrupting you to say that when I introduced you at the beginning, I don't know how I did this. I completely forgot to mention you're a two-time New York best-selling author you have two books out and they're hilarious and everyone should go get them oh thank you okay it's very nice handbags also by the way your their cover is so good because oh, i got i got you. the uh, the paperback like uh-huh. i was gonna just do a kindle but then i always like to ha- i don't know i like to have a book usually like when i travel i like to get every- like everything on my kindle books. yeah but when it's someone i know i like to actually have the book i don't know then you can display it around and yeah. people be like oh um thank you yeah the cover's really good too anyway good colors so um, handbag line <laughs> I be in, in for anyone who I don't know how many sports like NFL goers we have, but um, the thing is like they have such a regulation there; it's very specific about what size stuff about you can what bring size in. purse you can bring in. So it has to be 
they call it all clear because they want people to just bring a clear bag mm -hmm. so that in which just shows all your contents, right? But you can have a purse that's four by five by six by five and they have a little measuring thing and you have to set it on there. And if it's a centimeter over, they're like, you can't bring that in. I watch people throw their purses away. They have lockers that end up costing you more than like your ticket to the game where you right. could put it. So I was going in one time like to be completely honest it was during my period <laughs> and i was like well, oh, that's here's when you need yeah it was like here's my lot. clear bag with my tampons like hey everybody <laughs> you know it was just kind of annoying you're like where's my privacy yeah um so i kind of joked to to john that i was gonna start a purse line that was the exact right size and he was like um i think you should so I do have a friend that works with close with a woman who designs bags and they're just here. They're in Burbank and I met with her and she and I worked together on the design and we came up with it and, and I started it. So, which is really cool. I mean, it's super fun. Uh, it's stressful for sure. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but you know, they're in there. Some of them are in team colors. I can't, I couldn't invest in all the teams yet, but I just tried to do the ones, obviously Seahawks, and um, they've done really well. Like people are so glad to have something that they can actually bring into the game and then they're nicely made. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you can use it for a concert and because you can find something cheap that's that size that you'll just have to keep buying more of them, you know. So I was like, why not make like a nice purse? Because concert venues have the same rule, too. And, um, you know, I have friends that use them to get into the Rose Bowl and stuff now, too, because you can't like they went to see Taylor Swift and they were like, we can't bring, they have the exact same right. rule because it's a stadium. So, and I think eventually all um, sports are going to have it because it's just easier for security guards to see what's in there. What are they, what is that size supposed to guard against? Weapons? I think so. Yeah, it must be because I, I can't, I would imagine you can't fit a, I'm a handgun. I don't even know yeah, don't what know size either. they are, but um, that, and I think also you just because you they can open it and see the content. It's right. not as if you could hide something at the bottom of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if a bigger purse, you could you could probably hide something. I guess. And, yeah, um, I know. Whenever I go to a place where they check your bag, but the check just involves you opening it and them like shining a flashlight in there, yeah. I always think, well, that was easy, but I don't know that. I feel any better that this is happening. Right. It's not effective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So even though the rule is annoying, I get it, you know? Um, so I think it's just because, yeah, you can't really, you definitely couldn't hide anything in that size. Right. And where do you sell them? Um, it's on clutchwomen.com and now they're on Amazon too. That's so cool. Yeah. Are they, are some of them, is there just one style? There's just one style, um, but you can wear it you, as a shoulder strap, a crossbody, and then there's a, like a secret little sleeve in the back where you can put the strap through that and wear it on your on your waist. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, if there was like a fanny pack situation happening. Yeah, there. you can you can. It's an adjustable strap, so you just put it through the back and then you put it on your waist, which I thought was kind of awesome because at a game, it's like great to have your hands completely free. Yes, and you know, I find myself throwing it like something on the ground if I don't, you know, like so if it's around your waist, you don't have to set your purse on the ground. Do you go to games all the time? Yeah. So I go to almost every home game. Um, last, I've, I've worked it out to where I can go to almost every home game because that's when I can actually go there and then we have a house in Seattle and then I can see him after the game and stay for a couple of days um, uh, before I come back to LA. And then I'll try to go to road games, but we don't, like, it's just because I want to be there to see him. It's not, I don't get to see him. They come in the night before and leave right after the game. But um, a lot of times I'll just go so I can, you know, go to the game. Obviously, mm -hmm. I want to go as often as I can because um, it doesn't last forever, right? And then 
uh, yeah, so I go to almost all of them. Last season, it was I was filming the Netflix show, so it was a little. I was in Atlanta for five months, so it was a little bit harder to. But I ended up having it was kind of worked out. I think I made almost every game because it was like I had a couple episodes off, or then I would have the you know we didn't work on weekends, so I'd be able to go. And if I didn't work the next Monday, I could just fly back Monday and mm. just kind of worked it out. It's weird, but it works. I know that you last time we talked, you were saying that you don't get jealous at all with him. Like you that you're not even if he gets a text in the middle of the night, you don't worry or anything like no, that. No, I know. It's so nice. Um but do you watch women throw themselves at him? I it's funny, we were where were we? Um he like is part owner of this college wood bat baseball team called the Portland Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> and um which is super fun. It's a summer league and we just went last weekend uh or whatever a couple weekends ago to their opening weekend and i these two girls came up to him and they were like hi john ryan and they were so cute (laughs) and you could tell they were just like you know uh completely into him and i just i just laughed like and when they walked away of course i did it right to him i was like hi john ryan (laughs) but um no it doesn't make me jealous i don't know it's like I, i appreciate for the most part what i see is like fans of his and a lot of them will, you know, be really respectful if I'm there or whatever, too. And then, you know, he is, well, he's not even on social media anymore because he just hates it. Oh, really? Yeah. And just, that's the way you guys met. I know. Kind of. right? I know. It is. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Yeah. And um, but I remember like he got one night um, some girl sent him a, you know, Instagram direct message or whatever. He just like immediately showed it to me. He's like, look, look at this girl. Did. Like, what do I do? I mean, just block her. It's fine. But what did it say? It was just, you know, like a picture of her in a bikini or something. Mm-hmm. And what are you up to or something? And and then he blocked her. And I was like, it's don't worry about it. Like, you're going to get that stuff. Yeah. You just ignore it. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. He's somebody that just I don't have to worry about because I just feel secure in our relationship. It's really nice because it wasn't like that for me before. I definitely mm-hmm. my the boyfriend I had for a few years before him was like, you know, Facebook messaging people and all this stuff and then making me think I was making it up. And then I'd see it because I'm a I'm a private detective, like if I need to be. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I, see, I'm not making it up. Now you're trying to make me feel crazy. And the only reason I'm you. looking totally gaslighting, you know, and it's so frustrating when someone does that because you're just like. I'm not a snooper, but you're turning me into one because mm-hmm. you won't be honest with me. And right. then I was right. You know, you can tell when somebody's doing that shit. Yeah. You know, you can just tell. So you would confront him and then he would lie? Yeah. Ugh. And and so like I would get a feel or I would just notice something. So then it was so I had to like literally just got into his Facebook one day and everything was everything I suspected was completely true. Did you break up with him then? Uh yes. I mean, eventually, like, we broke up, but then we got back together, and then I believed him in the sense of, like, thought, oh, that was just, like, a phase or whatever, um, and then we moved in together, and then I realized I didn't even like him. I was like, I don't even like you. Like, I just got back together with you. It was just a, not a good, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he wasn't, he's a nice guy. He wasn't, like, abusive or anything terrible, but he was just, um, and I don't know that he ever did anything physical with anyone, but he was just someone who really was insecure, and he it didn't matter how much attention I gave him. He needed right. it from everyone else. Right. You know? That makes sense. And that kind of person is not like a good, it's just not a good match. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, bad behavior in relationships, is the person going to carry that into each relationship or is it a function of the people being mismatched? 
Like I know two guys who were married and cheated on their wives. And now, as far as I know, they like they cheated a bunch as their marriages were busting up. And then now they are seemingly happily remarried. Of course, as I say it, I'm like, actually, how do I know that they're being faithful now? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't I definitely think someone who has cheated in the past could be completely faithful when they're with a person that whatever whatever it was that was like their needs weren't being met. And I'm not saying blame it on the other person, but whatever within them couldn't find happiness in that relationship, they can find a match with it. Someone who is so insecure. I mean, this guy was in his forties. He was older than me. And I don't know. I I feel like he, I mean, I hope that he was, is able to find someone. But like if he could so easily not treat you right, then it seems like that would would continue. Yeah. Unless he had some kind of like come to Jesus moment. He was moment. just kind of one of those people who like, um, like he was from Philadelphia and I would go visit, I visited his family probably eight or 10 times. He went to see my family once, you know, um, and it, it wasn't for lack of invites, mm-hmm. right? Like it was just the effort was always more me. And so, and then when I finally was like, why did I move in with you? Why? Like yeah. it almost has to go to an extreme for you to go. Why? I'm not, this isn't fun. Right. You know? And then, um, and then after that, it was like, but you know, he was at my doorstep. He was sending me flowers. Mm. He was, you know, always wanted to get back together. And I was just like, I mean, I gave you five years like, yeah. to figure this out. And I like always was honest about what was missing. So someone like that, I'm not positive can, but, it's also positive they can learn from that relationship and go, wow, I really did fail to meet any sort of compromise or needs of the other person. <laughs> right. So, and it, and it, and if he was really that sad afterwards, um, then it is possible. I think that he could be like really good to the next person, mm. which is good, but also so infuriating. Right? right. Like when you see, I have a friend whose boyfriend, they were together 10 years and they eventually broke up and then he got married to the first girl he dated after they broke up. That happens often. Yeah. I mean, I think because they're like, oh, I didn't do enough for you. I never proposed to you or we never went, mm-hmm. you know, or not that everyone wants to get married, but whatever it was that was missing. And then they're like, and yeah, like, oh, I'm going to marry this girl now and we're going to have a family and it's going to be fine. And I'm sure Every, it's yeah, really everything annoying. Everything that I couldn't do with you, I'm now, yeah. Which yeah. is like, you want to be happy for him. But at the same time, you're like, Ugh, that's annoying. Yeah. 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 But I wouldn't be annoyed if that, if I don't even know what he's up to dating wise, I would hope that he moved on and like found someone and was like treating them, you know, being like an equal partner because he was a super nice guy. He just was emotionally, I feel like really immature Mm -hmm. in relationships, but I don't, I mean, I hope he has like 80 kids. I don't care. You know, (laughs) like I don't have any, I'm happy. So I don't care. Yeah. Right. Whatever happened with Renee, who was kind of your would you call her a frenemy? Yeah. Well, we were, yeah, it was in, um, it was, yeah, my last book where I talked about having to break up with a girlfriend, basically, like a friend who was, she was just, she was an alcoholic for sure. Um, and so her personality changed when she drank and she would pick fights with people and she was just, and, and you would go out with her and she loved to, you know, when I was young and we would go out, I mean, I know I talked about this with you before, but like when I was younger and we'd go out and she'd be sort of a, the, an instigator or like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like fuck with people at bars or whatever. I thought it was kind of funny and cool because it was like the opposite of me. I just sit, I just want to sit there and I want to talk to people at bars. That's why I would never meet guys or anything because I'm just like, I'm just here to see my friends mm-hmm. and have a couple drinks. 
Um, but she loved to, you know, poke people and, and start stuff. And then when I got older, I was like, oh, this is, it's obnoxious. So some people just want to be left alone and you're, you know, like, right. and, and she would say some things that were sort of like trying, like shocking and rude and I don't know. And if you're not ready for it or if you don't have the same personality, you're like, who's this bitch? (laughs) So I began to see that stuff, but she, and she, and it happened in our relationship. Like, um, you know, I mean, I wrote all about it obviously as, as detailed as I could, but, um, I've not, I haven't spoken to her. I did hear that she, uh, is sober. Oh yeah. And I I heard that a while ago and, uh, cause we still have some friends in common. And, um, so I hope she still is. Because I think that was, and then, and sometimes I'm like, oh, well, she's sober. I wonder if I should mm-hmm. reach out to her or something. But that feels like if she wanted to, she'd reach out to me, not to lay, lay it on her, but in a way to lay it on her because we ended our relationship. Be- I mean, I ended our relationship because she was being really hateful to me. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I don't. I feel like there's a step where maybe she will contact you. Yeah. She hasn't already gone gotten to that point yet yeah i know because they do i mean i know that people go through making amends and stuff i I, i'm not positive she knows what she did wrong Mm -hmm. you know because um i I think she probably does but you know you never i'm never sure but i'm hoping she's like sober and happy Mm -hmm. yeah do you worry about injuries with john yeah yeah, he actually got because he's a punter, so he's not going to get injured as much as as other people. Obviously. Okay, he's not doing full like dumb at sports over here. So okay. obviously, I know. I think I know punting is kicking, right? Yeah. Um. So, so they what have does a he kicker and a punter. Okay. So um, I know. Believe me, I <laughs> I'm a big sports fan, but uh, football was like my least favorite or whatever. I'll watch it, but I never. And um and I didn't know the difference for mm-hmm. sure. I didn't pay attention to that part of it. Um, but kicking they kick the they usually do kickoffs and then they kick the field goals. So like or the extra points after they make a touchdown or if they don't make a touchdown they make the field goal. But um so punting is when they go to fourth down and they don't score they don't get close enough to kick a field goal then you have to punt from wherever you are in the field and you try to get it basically as far away as you can mm-hmm. to for the other team to have to start as far back as they can or as they have, you know, as you can get them. So does he not play until that point? Um, He, yeah, he just comes in for that. And then he comes in for, um, uh, to hold for field goals too, Mm -hmm. which is um, a pretty, it's like, it's so intricate. I wouldn't, I can't imagine having to do it because it looks so difficult. It's like very specific that you have to hold. I don't think, I don't know if people, I'm sure big sports fans understand, but um, but yeah, it's like so he has to hold. So he's out there with the kicker when they do field goals, and then he's out there when he has to punt. So, but they but they also run like fake plays a lot, especially on the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So he's run a fake play where he scored a touchdown, which was amazing. <laughs> like he's the only punter I think in the NFL who's ever really threw for the touchdown pass, uh, which was really cool. And then. Um, but last, uh, I bring it up because a couple years ago they had a fake where he was running and he got, he just sort of like lost control of the ball as you would. And as a lot of people do. And he um got knocked out though. Like mm. they tackled him and it just like, it went the wrong way and he got knocked out and he was unconscious on the field and I was at the game and I, I, like, I wasn't quite sure what was happening because I was trying to, I was like, yeah. he's running, he shouldn't be <laughs> like, you know, and then, um and I realized it was a fake and then he got really far and I was like, oh my God, he's so fast. This is awesome. And then he got tackled and I just, and he just, he, he wasn't moving on the field. So like I ran down to the locker, I had to go to the locker room and they handle it well. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I mean, they handle it really well because they're so used to it, which is 
great but also super sad yeah um because it happens every game they just have like a room they put you in and then the general manager comes and talks to you and then you wait for him to come out and then i rode in the ambulance with him to the emergency room and it was very strange um and it was strange to watch because he had a concussion because he was out he was completely knocked out Mm. and um, how long was he out we're not i'm not sure um but it was weird because the next day we were Something was on. T- I guess they showed that highlight, you know, because of course they're going to talk about the injuries. And he was watching it, and I was like, "Don't watch this," you know. And um, but he goes, "I don't remember any of it." Like they showed him getting up, walking off the field. He didn't remember any of it. So, does he remember even getting injured? No. Like no. what's his He's last memory like, I think, before? I think running, and mm-hmm. then it just goes black. And it's so strange because that's the you know with CTE, which is a huge problem in the NFL. And it's like these injuries that these guys, so other guys are getting that every game, Mm -hmm. you know, and luckily he's not, but his, you know, he does have memory issues sometimes. And cause he had, he's had a few concussions. That's not his only one. And in college he played wide receiver too. So he got hit more. Um, so I, I think all the time about these guys that are getting it every game. Um, you know, I just hope that, I don't know. It's so, it's scary. It's really scary. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a ton of studies on it now, and I'm in this group on Facebook with it's all women who are married to men that were either are now or were in the NFL, and mm-hmm. it's like it's very interesting because they have stories about, you know, their husbands' memories or their emotional changes and stuff like that, and it's all related to that. Right? Yeah, there was an article in the New York Times. I don't know in the last year. Yeah, where it was a I think the wife of someone i really shouldn't have brought it up unless i knew no i know i you know actually, what i mean i, yeah, I can't remember if, um, what ended up happening with him though he uh, yeah he has dementia mm-hmm. and uh but he's like i think if it's this i can of course i can't remember his name but i think it's the same guy you're talking about he's like done all these things like surfing and running and doing all these like different sports that um and like boxing things that keep your mind busy while mm-hmm. you're playing um and uh things you have to like learn i think relearning stuff helps with dementia right like doing something where you have to keep your mind you know guessing so um i know that he he seems like he's doing pretty well from all of that which is good yeah like he's proactively trying to i think he's kind of like the face of this is these are things that you can do mm-hmm. once you start seeing signs um it was a really heartbreaking story though yeah yeah i'm gonna I'm going to tell the listeners and you about Brandless, and then I want to hear about the Netflix show. Are you familiar with Brandless? I'm super into it. So Brandless.com, it's a website where they sell uh, food, home goods, snacks, cleaning supplies, healthcare needs, office supplies, and more. And it's... uh, um, it's vegan, it's non-GMO, cruelty-free, clean beauty and personal care, non-toxic cleaners and home goods. And like stuff like that uh, is normally really expensive and there can be a crazy markup. But every single thing on brandless.com is just $3. Like I'll be looking at it and there'll be a body scrub that interests me or hand lotion or something. And I'll think, oh, it's probably expensive. And then I look and it's $3 because I can't keep it in my... Even though that's the point, everything is $3. I can't keep it in my head that everything is just $3. But it is. I'm especially a fan of their tomato basil spaghetti sauce because it's the basil flavor is really strong. It really tastes like fresh basil. Um, Also, their uh, cheesy ducks, which are little cheddar crackers. I'm a fan of those. And my son, Elliot, is a fan of those. Um, It's just really great stuff, all just $3. And Brandless donates a meal with every purchase through their partnership with Feeding America. Start building your Brandless box today and get free shipping on your first order at brandless.com. Better everything for everyone, all $3 
brandless, B-R-A-N-D-L-E-S-S dot com. Okay, Netflix I would totally show. eat the che- cheesy crackers. I was like, they're really I, I, when, you're, when you said it, I'm like, are those for kids? Because I'm really, <laughs> really a fan. <laughs> I think they're for adults and for kids. Okay, good. Yeah, they're really, you, can, you can't eat just one. Yeah, I I'm think not that's... afraid to eat a child's food, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, if they're not marketed towards me, I'm like, who can buy them for me? <laughs> right. No, they are. They are marketed towards you. They okay. just also, also, you can give them to your kids. Also kids like yeah, them. Yeah. Um, so Insatiable. Yes, this is a Netflix show. It comes out, I believe it comes out in August. They haven't officially announced a date or that for sure. It's just I've been told or been rumored anyway, August. Um, yeah, it's called Insatiable. So it's like, the, it's so funny. The backstory is this, the writer, um, it's ba- loosely based on this guy who had a reality show called Coach Charming. And he was... Um, How did I miss pa- this one? I, I hadn't heard of it either, but I watched it after I found out it was mm. based on him. I, I watched it on the flight on the way to Atlanta to shoot the pilot. <laughs> and I was like, this is... Alone, I would just watch this. Um, and he was a lawyer in the South, I think Alabama, and um, and also a beauty pageant coach. <laughs> so I guess just based on sort of that combination, the writer contacted him and was like, I want to do... And so the the show isn't really about his life. It's just mm-hmm. based on like that character. Right. And then, and then she runs nuts with it. Like it's the craziest show. It's an hour show. It's like a drama, but also a comedy. Dramedy as I guess they call mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the cool kids, people, the cool kids call <laughs> it. Uh, but it is like, there's everything in it. So it's based on that character who's like basically been disgraced as a pageant coach. And he fine. Um, I'm not sure I should say. Okay. It's in the pi- yeah. So I don't know how much of it they give away before it airs. So right. I don't want to say, but he's a disgraced pageant coach. And then he finds a way to kind of get back into it. Cause no is one he else- also a lawyer? He is. And he, and nobody really wants to also, he's disgraced on all levels, basically. Mm-hmm. So he finds a case that he thinks, um, which is my daughter, which is Debbie Ryan, um, who is like a big Disney star. She had that show, Jesse, forever. And um, she's just the sweetest too. She's done a ton of stuff, but. Um, so she basically ends up working with him and he's like, she's going to be my way back into the pageant world. And she was bullied as a kid. So she's sort of finding revenge in this pageant world. Mm -hmm. You know, she's using it that kind of way. Um, so, and then my character is her mom who was like knocked up really young, um, and became an alcoholic and wanted to be in pageants, but was after she got pregnant as a teenager, it was like too late and, uh, is just not. You know, and then she's like, there's like, she's jealous of her daughter, but then she's also trying to be a good mom now and all this stuff. So it's a really, it's actually a fun character. Like really, I I was saying to the writer, I was like, I think this might be, if I never left Arkansas where I grew up, this might be like actually me. Like that's what it feels like. It feels like I would have been like pregnant at 16 Mm -hmm. and then like pissed about it and then drank a lot and then tried to figure my life out later. That's what it feels like. So I actually kind of in a weird way, identify with the character, but it's fun. It's like, I, she's, it's really funny and, mm-hmm. and, but also a little sad. Obviously the character is a little sad because she's struggling with, you know, being an alcoholic and, mm-hmm. and trying to be a good mom. So, um, I got to do a lot of stuff that I wasn't really clear that I was going to get to do, you know, I got to do some serious stuff and then some not so serious and, and just fun. So, um, and the show is just, you know, like I said, I don't really know much I can say, but I'd say it's insane. And every episode you're like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> like it just goes in, 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 the, in the best way. I was like the writer's mind. I just want to live inside of because I just think she might be insane in, in the best way possible. <laughs> and who else is in it? Um, Dallas Roberts plays the the lawyer. He was um, 
he, I know he had a big part on Walking Dead and The Good Wife, I want to say, played the brother. Is that right? I feel like I mess up people's credits and then it's so disrespectful, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. Um, I didn't watch The Good Wife, so I just, I'm pretty sure that that is. That sounds right to me. Yeah. I also, uh, He's one of those faces you'd recognize if okay. you saw him, I think. Um, I watched some of The Good Wife, but I didn't finish it. Yeah. He's incredible. He, I mean, I, he's so good, and but he's also the character is also so funny sometimes like even unintentionally. So it was tough. Some, you know, once in a while I'd be like, <laughs> you know, I, just, I know I'm not supposed to laugh at this scene, but Oh my God, you're so funny. Uh, super talented guy. And then Alyssa Milano. Oh, cool. Is in it. Yeah. And this guy, Chris Gorham plays her husband. No, sorry. She plays Dallas's wife, but anyway, there, uh, and, um, Aaron Westbrook is really good. This really talented girl and this uh, girl, Irene. So we have like a cat, Irene Choi I should say her whole name. Um, <laughs> we have a cast of like, uh, half people in their 40s and half I th- they're supposed to be in high school but as you know everyone's always mm-hmm. like a little bit older than actually in high school um the actors are you know Arden Marin right yes yeah she's got a big guest starring role in it cool and she's so I love her funny in it it's like if, another person I feel like it was meant for for her to be like a pageant mom mm-hmm. she's just hysterical so and we've known each other for a long time so we were on Chelsea lately together so it's cool to work with someone that you no, you know, right. like that in that way. We were like hanging out in each other's trailer and stuff. It was fun. So did you, have you filmed the whole season or how many episodes yeah. have you filmed? At uh, 12. So there was 12 and it is, we finished in February and then it's weird. You just wait. I'm mm-hmm. not used to, I mean, I've done a couple like smaller parts in movies. So obviously, yeah, you don't see it for a while, but anything I've done in TV has been like, you know, you it comes out right. not long after you do it either nightly or, you know, like I did a couple of series, obviously, and then you'll see it within a couple months or, or whatever. So it's weird to just feel, I feel super unemployed. <laughs> like <laughs> we finished in February and it doesn't come out until August. And I'm like, um, you know, no, I'm really doing something. I swear I just, nobody can see it yet. <laughs> like it's just a weird feeling. But Netflix, they take an extra time too, because they have to dub everything mm. into so many other languages, which, um, we were doing a photo shoot for it a few mu- a few weeks ago, and one of the our like Netflix representative was there, and she was talking about that to me, and she's like, "Yeah, well, we take a little extra time too because we have to dub everything." And I went, "Oh my god, we're going to be in every country. It's weird That's to really think cool. about that." Yeah, and I definitely want to see myself like speak in I don't know all these different languages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how can I get a hold of that tape? <laughs> you original acting was originally what you wanted to do, right? Yeah. So now it's kind of come full circle. Yeah, because I it's how I started. And, you know, in college, that's what I studied. But I mean, I wanted to combine it all, which, um, y- you know, it's hard to do. But like, basically, obviously, it would be your own show at the end of the mm-hmm. day, or, like writing and, and, and starring in it. Um, and then and I love doing stand up. But, but after a while, people just look at you as a comedian, and they don't think to have you as an actress. So mm-hmm. um, once I was on Chelsea, even though it was obviously you know, a career changer for me. So, but I, but in that sense, once the show is over, it was a little harder for people to see you outside of like, Oh, you're a late night or comedian or a writer. Like they don't think of you as Mm -hmm. for a role. So, um, it, it was a little harder to sort of break down getting into those doors. Uh, and all, you know, cause then also they were like, Oh, I like her, but she wasn't available for five years. So then they don't start thinking of you as available. right? Right. Um, and then, you have to kind of go like, but no, I can also act. So it has to, you know, it's getting in the room. So to me, especially for my agents too, when I got this pilot, um, 
for it for insatiable it was originally for the cw and so when they cast me in that um after two auditions they didn't have to test which is um you know i'm so grateful for i mean just because it would have been so stressful i don't know Mm -hmm. if i could get through it like being up against four or five other people for the same role or two people or whatever it ends up being sometimes um so they ended up offering it to me after a couple auditions but great yeah and i but it was like oh okay you know there's evidence for someone it's almost like Mm -hmm. look see i can do this you know so it was really um I think good for my agents, you know, obviously to just for them to see it, but also just for good talking points. And were they not sending you out for this kind of stuff? They, um, here and there, but just not a ton. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't quite figure out. I mean, I, I know that they at least said they were trying and, and I'm sure that they were, but I also in my mind was like, how can it be that hard? It's (laughs) not like, you know, um, but at the same time it can be because Mm TV is so saturated with like bigger names now that, you know, sometimes they don't care about seeing someone that, you know, isn't a huge name draw or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think for me, this was like the perfect storm of what the role is. And once it comes out and people can will be able to see, you know, different levels of things that I can do acting wise. So I'm really excited about that part of it. And do you periodically or continuously take acting classes to like keep that your acting chops up or yeah or, or like when i have an audition sometimes i'll see someone you know a coach before i go in mm-hmm. um I, oddly i didn't for this <laughs> um just timing wise i wasn't able to like i got it and had to be i think it was the next day i had to be there um why are auditions always like that i know sometimes they give you sometimes you're like oh i have a week and sometimes you have a day you know and when you have a day you don't have a ton of time to you know prepare I literally just went over it with John, with my husband, <laughs> and um, and but I I I was at least able to read the whole script that which was helpful because mm-hmm. um, that's another thing is sometimes you get these sides for an audition and they're they're so out of context you don't right. you don't know. In fact, which is really funny, I d- remembered it. I, it only hit me the other. Do you watch The Handmaid's Tale? I I had to tap out. It was too intense for me. But I'm very aware of it. And then for a while, I was reading the recaps. So yeah. it was like just as intense. Even it's though so I wasn't stressful. Watching, I know. I, I, I actually sobbed last night watching it. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't watch the show it's anymore. It's so awful. But good. But, yeah. but brutal. Yeah. But it's, I mean, so well done. And, um, but I was, it hit me a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh my God, I was given sides to this. Oh, wow. Before, before the first season. So for the first season... And of course, now I can't remember the role, but I did look it up and then realized they cast like, like not even close to me. Um, but uh, I, I was in Mexico and got this, you know, they were like, can you, you know, you can put yourself on tape. So put yourself on tape for The Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> which is, which means for obviously for listeners that don't do that, it's like they want you to just record yourself because right. you're not in, I wasn't in LA, so I couldn't go to the audition. Just record yourself saying the lines. So it was like, praised be blessed be the fruit <laughs> and i'm in like i have no idea what they're talking about because yeah. the show's not out yet it's not right. season two where i can like i know the vibe of it i mean i knew the book but it didn't matter it's mm-hmm. still not so i <laughs> i can't somewhere whoever has that tape of me auditioning it was probably the worst thing that's ever been sent to anybody <laughs> and i'm definitely probably never gonna get called back to do anything for that show <laughs> um because it was like me in a hotel room in mexico saying like <laughs> blessed be the fruit and i was like i don't <laughs> so in those cases i do wish someone would say just never mind she can't audition for it because 
we this isn't something you can do on your own. You need direction. You need someone to explain. Right. And they didn't want the whole script out, so they didn't give the whole script. They only gave you the 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 few sides. Right. Of you know standing in the kitchen saying those things. So that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, I know. I hope that's that tape never surfaces. It could, <laughs> I hope it does. It'll be like my sex tape. It'll ruin my career. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you play an alcoholic and a mother. Yeah. And you are neither an alcoholic nor a mother. No. So how's that been? Um, it's fun. I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't say it's fun to play an alcoholic, but in a way it is because I do know people that have struggled with, uh, we've just discussed one mm-hmm. and, and others, obviously, um, and not just alcoholism, but addiction in any way. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like I have a sense of, obviously I can't say I know what someone goes through in that situation, but you have like at least a sense of it or, or something I can relate to, mm-hmm. um, in some way, you know, cause I don't, you know, obviously you want it to seem real. Um, so, it's been cool. It's been like I had to do a scene in AA and it was um, it was nice because I actually got to some people like someone on set was able to sort of explain a couple of things to me that I didn't know about AA and and then I was able to bring that to it or at least try to. Mm-hmm. So and then playing the mom is weird. I was I, especially because I mean, Debbie Ryan's 25 years old. <laughs> so I'm like, um, and she's always like, you couldn't even be my mom in real life. I'm like, I could be. It would have yeah. been young, but like. But I actually could be not even you know totally young, but uh, but in this I, I I sleep at night because in this series they don't say how old I would have had mm-hmm. her, so we can just think I'm like say I had her at eleven, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like uh, they don't really specify my age at all. So um, which I don't care, but I just mean as far as being a mom to someone I know in real life is 25. Mm-hmm. She's playing a 17 year old though, and um and so it's just weird. But I thought it was going to be. I wasn't sure. And then I knew, you know, she worked on a Disney show and you hear nightmare stories, obviously Mm -hmm. not just not because the people are always nightmares, but they, these kids that grow up in that, in the industry and then have all this fame. And I was like, Oh God, what's it going to be like? And she is the best. And we got along so well and and bonded and we're able to hang out and like, I just adore her. So I think that helped too, to have a relationship with her outside of, um, outside of just filming mm-hmm. some scenes together. Cause almost every, I have a ton like most of my scenes are with her or include her. Right. And, and a lot of them are emotional. So I was really grateful that she and I have like a good relationship outside of it. Cause I think that helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is just weird to play a mom. Cause I'm like, I'm not a mom, <laughs> but I can understand. I feel protective of mm-hmm. people. So I just sort of try to put that into it or yeah. think about, the times in my life I've let someone down and try to think of like, what would that be like if it's your own <laughs> flesh and blood, you mm-hmm. know? So I kind of try to put that stuff into play in my mind. Have you let people down? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not a lot. I don't think, but I'm sure there's been times that, especially when I was younger and probably not as thoughtful, um, you know, and I don't know even if it's things other people know about mm-hmm. as much or have thought about, but there are times I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done that differently, you know, looking back or even in just as a 25 year old in a relationship or thinking about like, oh, I was kind of a shitty girlfriend to this one guy or whatever. Um, I, can, I can chalk it up to everyone probably as, you know, been young and not been the nicest. <laughs> um, but nothing awful. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, done, but I, but I definitely feel like there's been times I probably could have been like a better even with my parents or something, there's times that I'm like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have such a short temper with my mom. I feel that all the time. Oh, I hate that. I, I don't know. Like with people I don't know that well, 
actually I say with most people, um, I'm very careful. I try to be very careful to be very polite and, and nice and all the, all the, all the things that are like under the category of good. But then I can be so short and bitchy to my mom. It's like, and I don't know where that comes from. I had to remind myself like, you're an adult. She's a human being. Don't be that way. Yeah. It's it's, like I'm, I turn into a teenager. I know. And it is, it's strange because I do the same thing where it's like, mom. (laughs) And you're like, well, and I guess maybe, I mean, you're a mom. So maybe you're like, you know, when, when your son is older, you'll be able to be like, oh, I see. Don't act, but you, but maybe you'll be able to let her roll off a little more. Like maybe right. mom is just kind of like, this is just part of it. I'm not sure. That's almost sad too, though. I, I think that she's like, this is just how, how they talk to me. <laughs> I don't think it bothers her. I don't. Well, because I think there's a, like, if you even feel bad for a second for being short, then you're, you're not terrible to your mom. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. like, I've seen people who will speak to their mom, like to where I would just never, ever speak right. that way. But it's just like little things, you know, to get where you get irritated with, or you're just like, and I think, well, why well, shouldn't have done that to her? Because yeah, I don't even just even in a moment, and mm-hmm. but I don't even know if she notices, right? But then she also might, which makes me feel worse if she notices at all. You know, she when might you be just talking get, about like, it on her podcast. And she probably, oh god, I wish my mom had a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish she did. What would it be about? <laughs> um, ju- it would be about Luke Bryan. <laughs> Um, cause she loves Luke Bryan. It would be about Luke Bryan and her IBS. <laughs> she likes to talk about her IBS a lot and how it, you know, hinders her in her daily life. Wow. So that's what it would be about. I would tune and in. That would just be the title of it. <laughs> Luke, Luke Bryan, Bryan and, and IBS. IBS. <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to you playing an alcoholic, do you have any addictive, uh, qualities or anything that you struggle with like that? I, you know, I, I smoked when I was younger. I never got addicted to it. Thank God, you know, cause I, it's always been weird for me to understand when friends of mine are like, I just can't quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, just don't smoke again. That's what I did. <laughs> I was just like, ew, this is gross. And they're like, yeah, cause you weren't addicted to it. You would just do it sometimes. Like it just never, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, took on an addiction. And I mean, I'm a drinker, but I don't, you know, but I'm not, I just, I'm on it, whatever. Well, I'll drink and then I won't. Like right. whenever, you know, um, I'm not getting, running out, getting blackout or missing work or, you know, all these, or it doesn't affect, you know, my personal life, right? If it did, I would look at it if it was, you know, how uh, mm-hmm. when you when you know, I mean, everyone, I think, knows the difference between alcoholic and like a drinker, right? <laughs> um, not that either, you know, I don't know. I think that for me, maybe I just don't have an addictive personality. That's and I'm what it glad. sounds like. Yeah. But um, I have other things like I'm a, I, I think I'm a little OCD um, and, and that in the way of, I don't know. Like I look at my, I set my alarm three times before I go to bed. I look at it. I set the house alarm. Like mm-hmm. maybe I'm just nervous. Maybe I'm scared about those kinds of things. I don't know if that's really OCD though. Um, I'm definitely scared to fall asleep because I think I'm going to get murdered. So that's that every night. Me. Yeah. All the time. I always think I'm going to get murdered, which is why I'm always checking my alarm before my house alarm. before I go to mm-hmm. bed. I feel safest sleeping in a hotel room because I feel like there's so many people. Yeah, there's so many people, and I don't sleep on the bottom, like on the first floor. I'm like, because that's stupid. That's where they'd go first. So I'm like <laughs> up on the second or third, you know, or as high as I can go. Um, so maybe I'm addicted to not being murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels like a healthy addiction. Where yeah. does the fear of getting murdered come from? I'm not sure. There used to be a phase when I was younger. I was because I'm also really afraid of knives. Like I mm-hmm. used to not even have a knife block in my house, and so there was a fa- <laughs> when I was like. I don't know, 12 or 13 or something. And I first learned about like Sharon Tate and the Manson murders. Mm. I thought maybe I was her. 
<laughs> I was like, maybe I'm her reincarnated and that's why I'm afraid of being stabbed to death, which is really stupid. Um, and I was like 12 I when I came up with this. I think it's imaginative. It's imaginative, um, but also there was, God, one time when I was, I mean, this was in my 20s because I was out here by then, and I was at El Coyote having margaritas, mm-hmm. and someone mentioned that it was, they were like, oh, it's the anniversary of Sharon Tate's death, and then I realized that that's where she also ate before she got murdered, and then I was like, and then it came back to me again to think that I was her, mm-hmm. and then and then my and I said it out loud, and then that's <laughs> when I really stopped thinking that because when I said it out loud to like another friend and human, we were like, okay, that's <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So I think that's when I finally put that one. I mean, to you sleep. can't prove that you aren't. That's true. Nobody can prove that no. I'm not. Yeah. So f- I was born in '74, so there's some time for her to have been. Right. Redone. It makes sense me. that she would be afraid of knives. Yes. And she wanted to live in Arkansas, you know, where she thought it would be safe. Yeah. From the man. Away from the glitz and glamour. Yeah. And then there you are going to the place that she dined. Exactly. Before be drawn back. <laughs> were you, your fear of knives, were you afraid to use knives? Like Not, putter he, knives and stuff? Or? No. And I, I sharp knives, yes. But then I just sort of. I kind of figured out that that's ridiculous and like you eventually have to use a sharp knife in your life. But then I just became afraid to have them in my house Mm because I was like, well, that's just asking for it. Like if there's a knife block out in the kitchen and I used and I had a back door to my kitchen and this was when I was at the height of my paranoia because I lived by myself and just like always thought like, well, live in Hollywood alone. This is when I'm going to get it Mm -hmm. from someone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I was like, that's just leaving a weapon for somebody. But then I finally realized, like, A, you do have to have a knife block, knife block in your house and as an adult. And B, if someone's coming in to murder you, they probably already have their weapon. I mean, unless they're very ill-prepared. <laughs> oh, God. As my, it was my dog. As <laughs> and I love your dog. Oh, my God. Now you see how nervous I am about getting murdered. I thought your sweet dog was going to murder me. <laughs> To be fair to everyone, he just, like, sauntered into the room panting and it yeah. made me jump. And it's a dog. A dog who looks like a, a tiny big little animal. sweet wonderful dog that just made <laughs> I me understand jump. though. I'm very jumpy too. All right. Let's take some questions from listeners. When we ask they send them in, they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay. Casey Scott says How did you react when you found out about John's intense love for Christmas decor? (laughs) I mean, it made me laugh so hard because he is, um, and and I guess now everyone in Seattle knows it, uh, (laughs) probably because I've tweeted about it so many times, but um, he loves Christmas so much I've never seen anything like it. Like nothing can ruin it for him. (laughs) He has five Christmas trees. Amazing. Yeah. Um, One of them snows on itself. It like shoots up snow from underneath it and then goes back down. Oh my God. It's in this like big bucket. So it's not, people were like, that sounds messy. I'm like, no, they thought of that too. Right. It's contained. Yeah. It's contained. Um, he had a big train, um, around his Christmas tree last year. Yeah. Five Christmas trees and loves Christmas movies. Um, Christmas carols. Um, yes. Oh yeah. Like that's all he starts listening to. <laughs> I asked him one time, I was like, do they have like, a station on Pandora? And he was like, are you kidding me? Do they have a station? And I was like, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen anyone love it so much. And I've always loved Christmas because it's just fun. And like, it makes me think of like family. And mm-hmm. But for him, he's 
been, especially up until we were together, like for the most part alone at Christmas because they work. So he, and I was like, didn't that, wasn't that sad? You was like, no, I didn't care. It was like awesome. He was telling me about how one Christmas he was <laughs> in his hot tub by himself drinking champagne because like his family couldn't come down, I guess, for it. And they, you know, his family's in Canada and they have most, they they have, um, 12 nieces and nephews for mm-hmm. like wow. so they can't bring you know they need to just stay home for christmas for <laughs> yeah. the most part like they're not going to travel with all those kids at christmas um i think they have but uh anyway he was like at home in a hot tub listening drinking um mimosas and listening to christmas music and he said he dropped his phone in his hot tub and i was like wasn't that sounds so sad like then you couldn't even text anyone he was like no it's christmas i don't care i just got a new phone and i was like all right you oh <laughs> like, my god that all rolls off <laughs> yeah. yeah but it is it's really fun because it's so fun at christmas because mm-hmm. i know how much he loves it so i mean he starts decorating like right away after thanksgiving and every and the house is like it i love going there because i don't i haven't decorated for christmas in years mm-hmm. because i usually i was used to leaving at christmas to go see my family in right. arkansas so it's like why put up a tree i'm just leaving so now i go there and i'm like oh it smells like christmas we have stockings like we celebrate it it's fun i love that i love christmas too uh how does he feel about decorations going up early in the year at stores and stuff because i like that i know everyone gets upset about that but i'm like oh he loves you can't put him up early enough i mean the beginning of the season yeah it's he nothing is too early for him like when they start playing it on the radio he's happy when he can decorate he's happy when they put it in the stores he's happy like it's never too early in fact we were um his favorite christmas movie is a christmas story Mm -hmm. and there was one week where I was performing in Cleveland and it was during his one week off like they call it their bye week and I was like usually guys go to Mexico they do you know they do something Hawaii whatever and I was like we have to go to Cleveland like I didn't know it was your bye week like when they scheduled it the schedule wasn't out yet and he was like that's okay the Christmas story house is there so we went to the Christmas story house and you know, watched everyone else have these like beach vacations on their bye week. And he was like, I'm fine. I took a photo in the pink bunny suit at the Christmas story house. So is he pretty easygoing? Yeah. With everything. Yeah. Um, the thing I'd say the thing that, um, he, he's probably not, no, he's not, not that he's not easygoing about it, but the thing that gets him like riled up in any way is like anything football related, mm-hmm. you know, he just loves it so much. And he's been doing it since he was a kid and he just really truly loves the game and loves everything about football. So that's probably the thing that he, that doesn't roll off his back as easy as most stuff. So here's a question that you kind of answered this before, but um, Mary Jane says, what's pickle baseball and where is their second home? Seattle, love you both. Live long and prosper. Oh, oh, what a nice message. Um, It's Portland. It's in Portland and it's a college wood bat team. So it's a summer league. So it's basically like these star players in college they don't have anywhere to play in the summer um and the wood bat is the only place they can play with a wood bat because in college they usually use or in other leagues they use aluminum bats so it's like their chance to play and usually like a lot of scouts will go to these games to look Mm -hmm. for people they want to draft into the into the majors um i think something like 90 students were drafted out of these leagues wow. last year not our specific not his specific one that he's in but some out of that mm-hmm. um but at overall there's like four or five i think leagues there's one big one on the east coast um i forget the name cape cod league i think it's called and then this one is called the west coast league maybe or the pacific league i don't know I'm not very good at that part of it i'm learning but um but yeah he just loves baseball so much so he uh wanted to get into 
learning what it's like to own a team. I mean, obviously, it's on a very small scale, but it's still it's super fun. Um, and if you so own it's college a team, kids. sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. And it's college kids. It's just like it's cool. He gets to see them sort of like, you know, get ready to to try to get into the majors, or some of them he gets to see get in. If you own a team, what are the require like? What are the responsibilities of the owner? They do a lot. There's like three guys that own it, and so they do a lot. They do like every Tuesday they have an owners meeting, and for the most part, John's just like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he knows like he's very smart with investments and stuff, so he knows all that. Like he's a numbers guy, and he works with them on a lot of that stuff, and on ideas for. He's really great with ideas for like merchandising and. Um, and like nights to bring, you know, when they have like a special night of the park to bring more fans in and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So he's really great with the creative and like the numbers side of that. But honestly, I don't know what else they do. <laughs> and a lot, but I don't understand it all. So in the um, professional in in the professional baseball, do they use an aluminum bat? No. Wood okay. bats. Yeah. So it's wood bats in professional baseball, but college teams use aluminum. I believe they use aluminum. Yeah. So this is the, so the uh, college, like the wood bat league is the first, like in the summer they get to actually play with like a bat they would be using in the majors. Mm. I wonder why they don't play with that in college. I don't know. Teams. And now I feel like I'm making that up, but I think it's true. I mean, I know it's, a re- I know that unless it's like that other summer leagues are aluminum, but in college they use wood mm. bats. I just know that like, there's not that many college wood bat leagues. Right. But maybe so. Someone else can Google that, and yeah, don't blame me for not knowing. I'm not the one that owns the team. It's John. I mean, I guess technically I own part of it, but it's not my responsibility to speak about it correctly. Jen says, uh, if she could write or star in a write slash star, write and star in a Lifetime movie, what would she want it to be about? Oh my god, I love Lifetime movies so much. No, I saw that you were tweeting about Stalked by My Doctor. Oh my god, that's... I haven't seen it. Is it good? You have to watch all of them. I knew. It's, oh, is it a series? Oh yeah, there's three of them. Oh okay. Um, it stars Eric Roberts as a crazy doctor. Mm-hmm. The first one was the greatest thing I've ever seen. So when they made a second one, I was like, well, it's not going to be better. It was still, it was also the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then the third one was the greatest thing I've ever seen. So they're wow. just like, I love these movies though. I'm obsessed with all Lifetime movies. Like, I need to see this. Yeah. I mean, they're all just so bad. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that, I don't know what I'd want it to be about, but I just know that I need to like for sure like get upset in the shower and slide down the glass crying. Like I need to do that if I'm in a lifetime movie, <laughs> yes. you know, like visions of like, uh, you know, my husband died or whatever. And then mm. I can't take it. And I slide down the glass, sh- the glass door. <laughs> I need that to happen. Um, I definitely need to try to like poison someone um, in like a really weird way, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I mean, I, I obviously can't handle a knife. Mm-mm. So I can't do anything like that, but maybe I could, you know, defend myself with like a big pepper spray. I don't know, but I'd, I'd like to, I'd really, I would love to be in one. <laughs> I would think it would be so entertaining. Given your, and I'm not making light of this, but given your fear of being murdered, mm-hmm. I feel like you, that really lends itself to being the star of a lifetime movie. True. I mean, maybe I should just write, um, maybe I should just be in like a movie about, being afraid to be murdered, but then yeah. there, there is a reason. Right. And then I find out that I was Sharon Tate in a former life. <laughs> there you go. Oh my God. And then yep. you have your idea. Uh, yep. Do you watch Killing Eve? No. Okay. I just started. Have you heard people talking about yeah. it? I just started watching it. Um, is it really good? It is. Re- I, I just started, but it is really good so far. But there is, there's a knife at a certain point. So I just wanted to know if you had seen that, but you yeah. haven't. I don't do a lot with like slasher movies, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but I still like to watch them, which is weird. 
Like I want to see it something that's, but you know, but it's still just like terrifies yeah, me. I can't handle scary movies. Rockhawk says, do you sometimes hold back on commenting about the various NFL issues like players kneeling for the sake of your husband's career? If so, I hope he and you both let loose once those shackles are off. Um, I certainly do. Um, not now, as far as like the kneeling thing, I've made it very clear uh, how I feel about that and that I support um, players doing that because I know that they're not kneeling against that anthem or the flag. And I know mm-hmm. it's a very heated emotional topic. Um, but I, I certainly have, I think, I don't think anyone is at least that follows me or that sees have, I've, I've commented about that. Um, I think I've made it very clear how I feel about that. But um, other ti- other things, there are times when I'm like, it is it wor- like, I don't, you can't just, you can't really blast mm-hmm. somebody's, boss right um and 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 no, i'm not just talking about his specific boss right. or the seahawks but just the nfl overall there are times where i'm like i don't know if it's if i say this in the wrong way or if it can be taken the wrong mm. way but i do try to be very honest um and but but i find myself being careful about how i word stuff but i kind of find myself doing that with everything anymore mm. because you know people twist things into ways that are just shocking to me sometimes. So I, I, I probably have learned to be less emotional when I fire off mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. Um, but for the most, I don't really hold back about the anthem thing because it, it frustrates me how people and how like the president of the United States has, has sort of called attention to people and disregarded their, you know, I feel like you're supposed to be sort of everyone's president, not mm. just um, yeah. and and sort of stoked a bit, like stoked these people and 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 turn to turn them into something they're not. Because I know a lot of those guys, and I know what they do in their community, and um and it wouldn't take much of a Google search for other people to find out too. So when people say put your money where your mouth is, it's like, well, they are, mm. you know. And I'm not saying every single person is, and I'm not saying every person hasn't, but uh, there's plenty that, that do a lot more than I think people realize. And so that usually really pisses me mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or when I hear someone like the stay out of, you know, politics or whatever, I'm like, it's, it wasn't even really political to begin with. I mean, I guess anytime you're peacefully protesting, in a way it is, but... Um, and. You know, I mean, I guess maybe it is kind of political, but I don't know. I, I haven't really been quiet how I felt about that. But for other things, uh, yeah, I think you kind of have to be. Is Have you and John had conversations about it or do you just kind of automatically do that? Um, We will. Sometimes I'll ask him first if he, but he has never told me to hold anything back. He's like, say anything and everything you ever want, you know. Um, And he, when I did... um. You know, I recently tweeted after the NFL had passed the policy where players can stay in the locker room, but they're required to stand if they're out there. Um, I tweeted and I said, are you going to are they going to find every person in the stand who screams at players to get up, who um, dr- takes get drinks a beer, takes a selfie? you know, chats during the anthem. I'm like, I'm at these games. And of course, you know, you have, and John had retweeted it and said, you know, so I think people know where he stands on it too. And he's been vocally supportive. Like on, if he's asked about on a podcast, he's like, yeah, I support my teammates and they're, and they're right to do that. You know, like, um, because, but for me, when people started, well, yeah, but they're not employees and this and that. And one, one people just twisting themselves in knots to support this bullshit. Yeah. And also like, to me, like, for I, 
and I saw it many times, people screaming at players to get up during the anthem because they thought it was disrespectful. So I'm like, well, now you're screaming mm-hmm. during the anthem. That is not at all respectful, right? right? So, and, and one guy perfectly, when he tried to like write me back, and say his piece like perfectly stated it so i retweeted him and i was like thank you for <laughs> stating my case he was like i pay for the tickets i'll scream if i want to and i was like thank you for showing it's not about the anthem mm-hmm. it's you're saying that they need to shut up because they're getting paid yeah you know which kind of feels like shut up black guy and do your job that's what mm-hmm. it feels like like when you hear people talk like that yeah totally. and i know that's not how i know it's not about race for everyone when they're saying it but for the majority of the players were uh, that were kneeling were of color right so mm-hmm. um of color is that <laughs> no you can say that yeah <laughs> see how paranoid i am to say anything <laughs> I wrong i know um, no you can totally say that but that's how it feels when people yeah. are like right that, you know like you should you should just be grateful that you've been handed this opportunity and shut up and dance right exactly and it feels just gross um overall for any i mean no matter what color you are it feels gross to be told that but for people to be saying like, well, yeah, well, I can do it because I paid for my ticket. It's like, well, mm-hmm. then you don't care about the anthem. Right. Like you're, you're saying it's about the anthem, but it's not you're saying it's about who pays for a ticket and mm-hmm. who doesn't. Like these guys. So it's just it's frustrating, the whole thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But luckily, people are dumb enough to respond in ways to just drive your point home. You're like, yeah. thanks. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Green says, who did you most enjoy working with during the handler era? Loved her on after lately and every pod I've heard her on. Oh, tell her. Thank you. Um, I'm sure, tell her. Hey, girl. Thanks. Um <laughs> What's her name? Rebecca. Rebecca. Rebecca uh, yeah. I would say, God, my favorite to work with um, during that time. And I loved working on After Lately, which was like our um, scripted mm-hmm. offshoot of the show. It was so much fun. Uh, and probably because I love acting. Like that was one of my favorite parts of being around that show. Well, I think my favorite person to work with was probably Chris Frangiola, who was on that show a lot. And for a few reasons. But one of the main reasons is that he and I used to wait tables together in our 20s. Well, my 20s and his 30s. Um, <laughs> so I dig at him. <laughs> but we, no, we used to wait tables together when I first moved to LA. And I, so, and we'd been friends for a long time. Like he dated one of my best friends mm-hmm. um, for a long time and, and they're still friends and everything is fine. But I think like to get to work with someone that you sort of were in the trenches with and then you get to see like both of you have careers come out of it you know that you work so hard for and i know how hard he would worked and he's really funny stand-up so that was probably my favorite like because just because of our our history Mm -hmm. and because he's super talented obviously but was that at mirabelle yeah yeah mirabelle it was this uh, restaurant on sunset that is now like a hookah bar probably or Mm -hmm. something i (laughs) I passed it i can't tell what it is but something like that uh and you so Jen Kirkman had another sinus. one of my favorites to work with. She's yes. delightful. Yeah. Uh, she had sinus surgery, but not what everyone thinks would be sinus surgery. It was like the sphenoid sinus, right? Yes. Which is in the, in the back or something. Yeah. Cause she seemed, she was clearly on Instagram stories frustrated by everyone thinking that this was like nasal sinus right. surgery and it wasn't. And you, she's always frustrated <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on Instagram where she's like, listen, I'm trying to explain this to you and you're not listening. Yes. Uh, you drove her, right? Yes. And then you took care of her afterwards. Yeah. I drove her and then, yeah, she, and uh, we actually turned it into like this whole thing on mm. Instagram while she was like, had no idea it was even happening. <laughs> just had like a hot pack on her face or an ice pack or whatever she had to have. Um, yeah. I drove her there because she was going to take an Uber and and I was just like, I don't know, I've been there. I've been like, I don't know, you just want to 
just have someone drop you off yeah. and feel better, you know, and why not? So I drove her there and then she did take, she told me that she wanted to take the Uber home because they have like a nurse with you or something. And she's oh. like, and that it's like some kind of nurse Uber. I didn't even know that existed. But I didn't so, know either. Yeah. And she was like, it's better because my face is going to be bleeding and they'll know mm. what to do and you won't. And I was like, all right, <laughs> sure. Um, but then I went over there afterwards and hung out with her. And then, um, yeah, Chris and I started having a battle over who was her better friend. <laughs> and then Heather McDonald got involved. Yeah, Heather was upset because she said nobody asked her to, in, to be involved. Hills, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had a, we really entertained ourselves <laughs> with poor Jen's surgery. Like she didn't even know what was happening. All of a sudden she's getting all these like notifications and her Instagram stories and she's like are you guys using me for attention I was like yeah absolutely Uh, the stories afterwards though where she was really out of it and like bleeding yeah that was sad I know I can't that looked it didn't look fun Mm -hmm. and I still don't really understand the surgery but I'll never tell her that because I don't want to frustrate her Mm -hmm. I know because I think she did I feel like anytime you're doing whatever they're doing in, in parts of your brain that's serious yeah I mean serious in the sense of like obviously of course it's always serious but that it could have been it could lead mm. to stuff if it wasn't taken oh, care of and caught too yeah. so that's a you know so it's very good that she right got, oh right because she had infections yeah in that area and i guess it can go into your brain or something if they yeah sounds awful all of it as i'm stuffy sitting here with my allergy but i never really have allergies i get them like once a year and it's usually around this time of year and it's just in my i don't feel it mm-hmm. it's just in my head have you ever used a neti pot I can't. I never have either. However, on the Thursday, so this this comes out, I don't know who I'm telling anymore. I guess I'm telling this to people who are just tuning in for the first time because they're fans of Sarah. Hi, you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> My show comes out twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. And Monday is a one-on-one interview and Thursday is a panel show. And on the most recent Thursday show, we had a professional voiceover actor as part of the panel. And we were talking to him and he was saying... And I was saying that sometimes when I talk for a while, I find that I just get kind of drippy and or like I feel like I have a lump in my throat. And he was saying he used to have that all the time until he started using a neti pot. And so now I'm like, do I need to try to do this? But I'm freaked out by it. Yeah, I am too. And um, I, it's like I can't. Yeah, I can't with the with the water going go in and up, then back up your out. Nose. Yeah, yeah, anything that goes. I have. A, I don't even like nasal spray. It like mm. makes my eyes water, and then I, you know, so to actually put a whole like thing of water. Because then I'm like, well, is it? What if it doesn't come back out? <laughs> what if <laughs> I just... put it up there and my brain goes just gets like sits in water or something? I don't know how it works. Like, what if it just <laughs> stays there? So I don't. Yeah, I can't use them. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had that kind of problem, I definitely guess I would. If it was like. A permanent thing but mm. for one week a year that i get it i'm like i can just i'll just feel i just, I'll just rem- sound weird remember the discomfort of water going up your nose in a pool yeah and awful. wouldn't this be like that maybe not though because it's not chlorinated but it still would like be uncomfortable yeah. there's no way it's there's no way it's fun i don't know yeah this whether i will neti pot or not is to be continued <laughs> um let's take some questions no we just took questions what am i saying let's do just me or everyone uh but i want to remind everyone that i'm on patreon patreon.com slash allison rosen is where you go there's all sorts of different reward levels it's super fun uh you get bonus episodes you get uh live video stream you can get different levels you can get merch in the mail you get so much access to me you'll be begging me to leave you alone patreon.com slash allison rosen is where you go for that okay just me or everyone sometimes i ponder on something i have thought or done is it just me or everyone 
Sarah Simmons says, when I do a workout video, I never do the cool down. I never do it on a treadmill either or the savasana part of yoga. I was going to say yogurt of yoga. I know it's important, but I feel like I just want the whole thing to be over with ASAP. I kind of, if I'm doing a video at home, I will skip the cool down. But when I used to go to a gym and take classes, I used to love the part at the end where they like turn the lights down and you get on a mat and you breathe deeply and thank yourself for coming and all that stuff. No, I'm with her. I like to get get the fuck out because <laughs> um, I'm just like, oh, and I have a really hard time with the end of yoga. Um, I had a hard time getting into yoga, but now there's, I like the hot, like hot yoga because you just sweat so much and mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Um, it's because every, anything slow paced is hard for me because I'm like, like I'm in clothes here because I'm going to go to spin. Like I like just loud and then, and I want to leave before the stretch. Like I am, I'm definitely that right. way. You're but, in I, but in yoga, I've learned it is, it's, you know, you're like, oh, this is relaxing and now we're done. But I do have a hard time. I'm like just waiting for, I'm like, how long is, how long is this rest period? <laughs> like when can I pick up my mat and get the hell out of here? Like I definitely, yeah. So. I've only been to one yoga, yoga class in my whole life. And I was recently thinking maybe I should try to get back into it again. What, like, can you talk about your yoga experience? I, well, I lo- I know that um, because I do a lot of like my workouts are like Barry's boot camp and spin class, and like it's just and I'm so I'm never stretching, mm-hmm. um, and I do have like lower back issues, and so I thought, well, maybe I should just try, and so I found that I have to go. The only one I can go to is like I go to a place here called Core Power Yoga, and they have a hot class that's very, very, very hot. So I feel like I'm getting something. Cause I've never feel like I'm getting anything out of yoga, even though I n- understand you are. Um, but it's really good stretching, and it does feel really good. Um, so I would say the stretching part, especially for your legs, if you don't really stretch them. Once you do, you're like, oh, I should do that more often. That yeah. feels pretty nice. How but if hot you do, is it? Um, they do it like 98 degrees or something. Mm. And so I, if I'm pouring sweat, then I really feel like I'm succeeding in something. <laughs> you know, And that's the only way I feel good about anything. When I'm not sweating, I'm like, well, this isn't doing anything. Right. Mary says, just me or everyone. I eat things like chips and simultaneously scroll through my phone, which leaves the screen crusted with residue and me feeling mild to moderate shame about my food and or phone addiction. Hashtag snack chat. Hashtag can't stop. Won't stop. Um, trying to think what kind of stuff I get on my phone. I do. My, my phone is is dirty and gross all the time. I think that's because my son touches it yeah. a lot and children always have uh, food residue fingers. Yeah. But um, I do feel bad about my snacking and about my phone use, but not because I can see it on my phone. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm the same. I, I, they're kind of separate. I don't think, because mm-hmm. I think I usually have to use two hands when I'm scrolling on my phone because I'm like a bad, I'm not very good at the typing part and there's always mm-hmm. typos. So yeah. I don't get to I don't get to eat while I, I don't have the luxury of getting to eat while I'm on my phone. <laughs> uh, I did so a while ago. I realized that I kept banging my teeth on the fork, and I was every time I would do it, I would be afraid that I chipped my tooth. So I went through a phase where I'm like, only spoons for me. <laughs> I cannot be trusted with a fork. And I realized it's because when I'm looking at my phone while I'm eating something that involves a fork, like I'm too distracted and I'm just being all willy nilly with the right. fork. Right. That's really funny that you're da- that you, <laughs> you wound yourself. <laughs> yes. And you can't really, it's not practical to just go to spoons because you can't mm-hmm. eat a salad with a spoon. It has to be a chopped salad. Right. I yeah. still do. If I can use a spoon over a fork, 
fork, I will. And we have two sizes of forks. We have these little salad forks and then big forks. Right. Like big regular human size forks. Yeah. And I only use a little fork. I was going to say you should. Yeah, you definitely have to stick. Maybe you should get like a little plastic baby fork. I should. Or a spork. I should. And then you won't hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's silly. Jared the Skeptic says... Am torn now that my son is a little older, nearly six, between correcting his incorrect but adorable pronunciations of certain words or letting it go a little longer before taking that sweet, simple joy away from me and my wife. I know that's hard when kids mispronounce a word. Yeah. And it, but it's like super cute the way they say it, not knowing what to do. Yeah. I feel like I would let them do it forever, mm. which I mean, I guess they grow out of a phase where it's cute. And right. Like, Honey. No, just say it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I would have a hard time correcting, I feel like. Yeah. I'd be like, it's just cute. Yeah. What do you do? Uh, well, so he is 16 months and our dog is named Wendy and he points to her and goes, Audi? That, but that's how he says Wendy. Yeah. Audi? Um, and it's super cute. That and he is thinks, so cute. He put any dog he sees. Audi? Audi? <laughs> uh, and so Daniel, my husband, will say Wendy. And then I'll go, Audi, Wendy, Audi. And, and I'm like, he thinks he's saying it. Yeah. I don't know how long this will last. Right. I suspect he'll, I suspect this is just how, that's as close to Wendy as he can get is yeah. saying Audi. Yeah. Um, he'll get there. Yeah. But yeah. now, well, see, I've started calling her Audi, though. <laughs> so <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I'm just conforming to his worldview. Um Dan Deegan says, oh, this one blew my mind. Is coffee just bean broth and therefore basically just soup? I oh. mean, it is kind of bean broth. You are soaking the beans in hot water. Yeah, that's all it is, right? Yeah. It's just water and coffee, bean. Right. So I guess that's soup. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I know. <laughs> you will always remember where you were. Bean broth was going to be the next thing. Like they do bone broth now. So right. now it's going to be, have we're you, just going to start calling it bean broth. Have you had bone broth? I think I took one sip or something and then... I. Uh, no, I guess I haven't because I I want to say that I did because I I know I bought something, think because I've read that it's good for you, but then I don't really understand what I'm supposed to do with it. But mm-hmm. some people just drink it, right? But I just wonder, does it taste different than broth, like chicken broth or beef broth? Or yeah, broth? I don't know because it, d- it should already taste a little bit like meat, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm not sure. I can't say. And I'm also not. I can't remember what all the benefits are supposed to be. No, me I feel like neither. I can't keep up with all the things that I'm supposed to be doing that are good for me. It has. Col- I think they say that one of oh, the benefits collagen. collagen. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, when you have, get collagen, that is something I notice because I'm trying to incorporate collagen into my diet. Oh, you are as a 40 plus woman. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're supposed to. Um, and and I got some, and there's like, um, it's just like a powder, and it's supposed to. M- if it mixes well, sometimes they're hard to find one that mixes well. Right. And I guess you can, I don't know, you can do different things, but like this is one you're thinking you're just supposed to make like in, like mix in your drink like you would like an emergency or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tasted kind of beefy and that was weird. <laughs> what kind of drink did you mix it into? <laughs> just water. Okay. So I think I need to, I think I need to find something else to mix it into because I thought that was weird. I'm right. like, fe- I know that you, yes, tomato juice. Yeah. Like you, I guess you do drink broth, you know, but to have like a glass of water that tastes like beef. <laughs> gross meat flavored water yeah no one wants and that's kind of what it was like and maybe it was the collagen that i bought specifically i'm not sure or maybe it's not supposed to put in water um i feel like i have a message to the bone broth people which is it's a gross name yeah although i think bone broth is doing fine everyone seems to have hopped on board yeah but any like the idea of something made from soaking bones and is i mean i know that's how 
how many things are made, but it's gross. It to is, me. but you don't have to like lay it out there, right? You know, like I feel like it would be nice to to hide it. You know, you don't call it a burger like dead cow mm-hmm. ground up, like right. right? You just call it a burger, and right? You don't have to think about the real exactly situation, exactly. Bruise by Dawn says, when working on code and listening to classical music or a film score, I'll find myself conducting. That's like playing air guitar if you're listening to rock. Uh, And no, I don't do that. But what a refined life you have. I mean, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I do play air guitar sometimes, but not like just at concerts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Right. When When it's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. But she's very, she's, yeah, she's doing well. Much more uh, classy than I am in my car. <laughs> and lastly, Caucus O'Flanagan says, cannot understand why public bathroom stalls have large gaps between them. Who approved this? So I was trying to understand this. Is he referring to, or she, referring to the gap underneath the door? I don't, it's, yeah, because it says between them. So it sounds like they're saying between stalls, right, which but I don't think there's enough no, between stalls. yeah. I think it must be the gap under the door. Under the door. Well, right? yeah, but I don't feel like they're, they're not like up to your, they're not that high, are they? What am mm, I missing? We about might this? need this one to yeah. read it again. Cannot understand why public bathroom stalls have large gaps between them. Who approved this? Was there something about men's bathrooms where there's a bunch of gaps? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. Then I'm going to say it's the gap underneath the door. Right. And um, I don't I don't have strong feelings about it. I, it's sort of, I guess, good to know if there's someone next to you. Yeah. Uh, just so that you can be more demure. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I, th- if I go into like a fancy hotel or restaurant bathroom situation where they are like individual little rooms. Yeah. I do prefer that. Yeah, I like that. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. So maybe that is what they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, maybe because the gap between like where you can look over and see someone else's feet. Feet. Right. Yeah. yeah why I do think we need in a pub- that? I don't know. But I guess maybe in a public one, it's like maybe it is a safety thing. I don't know. But why would it be a safety thing? Right. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't it's make weird. sense. Why would, yeah. Why would they want that? Yeah. Why don't they just have it like almost all the way to the ground where you can only see like um, you know, like a shadow, right. and then you're like, okay, I'll be yeah quieter in here. That's a good question. Yeah, now uh, that we figured it out, it's a good question for listeners who who are the kind of people who would know this stuff. People who are like civil engineer, probably. What do civil engineers do? Design not, bathroom stalls? <laughs> sure, I'm not architects, sure. They do stuff public I, architects, stuff I don't know how to do. Yeah, that's for sure. If you're in a field where you know the answer to this, or you just think you might know, regardless of the field you're in, please tweet me and let me know why bathroom stalls have been designed this way. Because I think Sarah and I figured out they'd be better if the partition just extended all the way to the yeah, floor. Yeah, all the There's way no to the floor. benefit. The only benefit is that you know, like, hey, can I borrow some toilet paper? But yeah. in my whole life of public peeing, I've done that maybe once. Yeah, once or twice I've had to either yeah. pass it on or ask for it, but right. other than that, um it's, so that would be the only time it's beneficial. You get burned once and then you know to check for toilet paper yeah. the second you get in. Yeah. Um Sarah Colonna. Yes. It was delightful having oh, you on the show. You. Thank you fast. so much. Uh tell the listeners where they can go to find you and to just check out all your stuff. Plug yeah. everything. Um, uh, tour dates are on sarahcolona.com. Um, I don't tour during the summer, really, but I'll start up again in the fall. I believe August is when I start again. Um, and on Twitter, at Sarah Colona. And Instagram, at Sarah Colona 1. 
because someone got there first. Really? There's yeah. another one? There's another girl out there. And she doesn't, I found her and she doesn't ever even post anything. She's squatting on my name. I feel like you should be able to get oh, that. Squatter. Um, <laughs> so Sarah with an H and Kelowna with two N's. And then, um, yeah, look out for Netflix. Uh, and the links to my books are on my website. Um, and then look out for Netflix, Insatiable, sometime this fall. I think early in the fall. What so. what does if you know and can say what does insatiable refer to? Um, how can I say it without saying anything about the show? Uh, basically, some uh, like a like a she uh, a desire that can't be filled. Mm. Yeah, yeah, of the main character. Which is Debbie Ryan? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. That's also where you can tweet us. You're just me or everyone's. Use, ha- use hashtag J-M-O-E. Follow me on Instagram, Allison Rosen, website AllisonRosen.com, where you can get there's ringtones, t-shirts, etc. Um, get my book. Go to my website. There's various places to click uh, that will take you to Amazon where you can get it available in all formats. You can read Sarah Colonna's very nice blurb. Um, it's called Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me. Get that. And also get Sarah's books, Life As I Blow It, and Has Anyone Seen My Pants While You're At It. Yes, get you. three books. Get three books. Get them all. <laughs> get them all. in a bundle. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, listeners. Thanks for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? time.